Hello, my friends. Have I got a video clip for you? Now, you'll hear it. You'll hear it on the podcast, but boy, I wish you could see it. It's a clip from Bonnie Henry, the $360,000 a year bureaucrat in British Columbia, who's their public health officer. She said something just incredible today, and I want to play it for you twice. You'll hear it, but I want you to see it too, which is why I want you to invite you to become a Rebel News Plus subscriber. You get the video version of this podcast, and we'll show you the clip, and we'll show you a bunch of other things. Just go to rebelnews.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month, 80 bucks if you get the whole year. And it helps us stay strong because we don't take any of that Trudeau money. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, don't you hate celebrities who say they're tired of publicity? It's February 26th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Harry used to be my favorite royal, other than the queen. He was the one who served several tours of duty in Afghanistan at real risk. He seemed the most real the most connected to real people. His grasping wife, Meghan Markle, has pulled him out of the royal family, disparaged the queen, and rented out her husband's royalty to the highest bidder. It's really gross what she's done to him, turned him into. Look at this. Yeah, you're a prince, mate. And you're now looking to sell that, to rent that, so your wife can do Disney voiceovers? They want their privacy, but they'll do a tell-all on a double-decker bus going through Los Angeles where they dish on themselves everything from their son's first word to their loving nicknames for each other, but damn it, they want their privacy. They sue newspapers for violating that privacy, but then they sign $100 million deals with Netflix and agree to do a tell-all on the Oprah Winfrey show. They're really the worst. I don't think I've ever seen such a sense of entitlement without a shred of responsibility or duty to go with it. So, so gross. Good for the queen for just cutting them off finally. But of course, there is something even worse than Harry and Meghan, and it's our own Canadian royalty, our own untouchable princes and princesses. I'm talking about our new class of overlords, Canada's public health officers. Oh yes, they love publicity. They love the limelight. They love the power. They love the respect they demand. But the moment someone disagrees with them, they're quick to pounce on that as unacceptable. Not acceptable. That's the exact phrase used by British Columbia's public health officer, Bonnie Henry, to describe people engaging in a peaceful protest outside of her office. I'm going to play a clip for you now from Trudeau's 
CBC State broadcaster, and I'm not going to edit or shorten the clip at all. I want you to see the whole entire statement. Here is Bonnie Henry, who has destroyed thousands of businesses forever, caused tens of thousands of job losses, done untold health damage to people by destroying normal social interactions, especially for kids, canceling thousands of regular medical appointments and surgeries, the destroyer of BC says it is, quote, not acceptable to peacefully protest at her office. And he's, she's particularly mad that some media dare to disagree with her, too. And she mumbles something about it being a psychological syndrome or something, like you'd have to be mentally ill to disagree with her. Get a load of this. You know, I, I, this is uh, <laughs> one of the things that has been uh, incredibly challenging. Um, we have um, people who who uh, have been protesting outside our office, and you know, it affects me, but it also affects my family. It affects uh, the people we work with, and that's the part that I find hardest to deal with. Um, we have a very strong support system, and I know my colleagues across the country have all been uh, facing some similar challenges. Um, we, we meet regularly, and we do support each other in that, and I think that's important. I recognize that when people are in crises, part of the, uh, the way they respond or react is to lash out, to become angry. Um, that is a reaction that uh, is sometimes fed by certain groups, by certain media, uh, social media posts, etc. And it, it's not to condone it, but it's to recognize that the psychology of some people um, leads, the psychology of what we're dealing with leads some people to react that way. And I do believe that it is our collective um, support for each other that helps mitigate the, the impacts of these things. Having said that, I do uh, have security. At, uh, not, I have uh, a security system at my house. I have ways that I make sure that I check in with people. Um, we support each other. And uh, it really is not acceptable. And what um, I find most disturbing is how it impacts the people I work with and my family and my uh, close contacts and their concerns. So um, that's the most challenging piece right now. Got it. So someone protested outside your office peacefully, but that's not acceptable. Some media disagreed with you, and that's not acceptable. And you have a security system at your house, which you mention to imply that those peaceful protests at your office, that somehow that's a violent threat to you at your home, though you don't actually come right out and say it because people would immediately ask you, did anyone actually show up at your house? Was there actually a threat? Did you call the police about it? As if a millionaire public bureaucrat living in Vancouver doesn't already have a security alarm at her house before the pandemic. What a smearer. What an exaggerator. Um, I should say that according to public filings, Bonnie Henry made more than $360,000 at the taxpayer's trough last year. She's not a practicing physician, by the way. Uh, I think that there are doctors who absolutely would earn that, but she's a politician. She's a bureaucrat with an MD degree. By comparison, the premier of British Columbia himself only makes $211,000. So she makes nearly double 
I disagree with many things that John Horgan has done as Premier of British Columbia, but I can say this in his defense. He campaigned in an election and he won. He actually increased his vote and his seat count. When did Bonnie Henry ever put herself to the Democratic test? How could voters fire her? Well, voters can't. But what citizens can do is protest peacefully outside her office, in the media and social media. But she just said she won't have any of that. She just said all that is not acceptable. Uh, it really is not acceptable. Sorry, sister. You can't rule over us and tell us that we can't even talk back to you. That's not how it works. Look at this super gross story from near the beginning of the pandemic. A new breed of celebrity in the age of COVID-19, the chief medical officer. Day after day, premiers have announced new restrictions on Canadians' civil liberties, and they say are, that they say are critical to limiting the spread of COVID-19. But it is the chief medical officers at their side who provide the science, buttressing the calls for sacrifice. Some have become stars in their own right, displaying a kind of televisual bedside manner that combines a reassuring fact-based approach with occasional levity. They're, they're funny too. Quebec's chief doctor, Horatio Arruda, recently shared his weekend self-isolation plan to bake Portuguese tart. He's the best. While Alberta's Dina Hinshaw recently wore a periodic table themed dress <laughs> that lit up social media. Oh, they're great. The scientists are pushing aside athletes and other entertainers for the public's attention as citizens try to navigate through unprecedented times. Yeah, like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They want their names in lights. They love the adoring press. They love their high six-figure salaries. But don't you dare protest peacefully against what they're doing to you. At least Harry and Meghan are nothings. They're wannabe entertainers, they're grifters, but they have no power over you. They can't shut down your church or business. They're just mooches. Look at this part of the CTV story. It's written by Giuseppe Valiante, but look at the bottom with files from, are you counting with me? You got Giuseppe, plus Laura Osmond, Dean Bennett, Dirk Meissner, uh, Siddhartha Banerjee, Keith Doucette, Julian McKenzie, Kelly Geraldine Malone, Nicole Thompson, Holly McKenzie Sutter, and Bob Weber. That is 11 reporters. 11 reporters worked on that celebrity story about these new rock stars. 11. Can we have, I don't know, 11 reporters working on, say, the unreliable nature of the PCR test? The claims cases are skyrocketing. I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory. One of these public health rock stars said so herself. If you test somebody today, uh, you only know if they're infected today. And in fact, if you're testing in a population that doesn't have very much COVID, you'll get false positives almost half the time. Can we have maybe 11 reporters looking into that or maybe 11 reporters looking into these clearly unconstitutional mandatory COVID quarantine camps set up at airports in Canada. You know, the ones where they have taken the locks off the doors and in the very first week there was an alleged rape. No? Too unhappy a story? Okay, let me remind you. Here's a story from the lying CBC state broadcaster just a few months ago. PM, health officials warn Canadians against believed COVID-19 internment camps disinformation. Oh, really? Here's another from the lying CBC state broadcaster. 
It plays to our worst fears. Coronavirus misinformation fueled by social media. And here's another from the same lying CBC state broadcaster. Trudeau warns Canadians not to believe COVID-19 internment camps rumors. I think I'm seeing a pattern here. When the CBC is lying to you, they aren't doing journalism, they're doing anti-journalism, they're trying to discredit other journalists who are actually reporting the stories. It's not just the CBC, here's CTV. Look at this headline here. Lexi's legacy, family fights for better mental health access after losing daughter to suicide. Now that's a horrific story, but look at how the headline is phrased. The family wants better access, people. Come on, guys, can we just give some more money to mental health? You know it's important. Yeah, let me read what uh, little actual news is in this piece that for some reason isn't in the headline. It's about a teen suicide. They say she was given a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder and depression after a trip to the emergency room in the Dr. Everett Chalmers Hospital in Fredericton. But after that, her parents say trying to get any more help through New Brunswick's health system was extremely challenging. Then last Thursday, Lexi's guidance counselor felt she should go back to the ER. According to text messages sent between Lexi and her father, she got to the hospital around 1 p.m. accompanied by the counselor. I said, okay, I'm in St. John right now. I will head out and I'll be there shortly, Dakin said. That's a dad. But because of COVID-19 protocols, Dakin and the school employee weren't allowed to trade places. So he said the counselor remained with Lexi and the two waited to see a psychiatrist because of COVID-19 protocols. Got it. So that's what led to her death. The COVID-19 protocols, not COVID itself. What are these protocols? Well, that's a fancy way of saying the rules brought in by the political health officers like Bonnie Henry who don't want anyone to talk back, to protest peacefully, to even criticize them on social media, these public health rock stars, I mean, just ask CTV, right? They put 11 reporters on their celebrity beat. Um, they killed this girl, the public health officers. They, they just did, which will probably be racked up as a COVID death and used to justify more lockdowns. New Brunswick has nearly 800,000 citizens, very large geography. Uh, They've had a grand total of 26 deaths from or with COVID in the past year, 26 in a year. There is a grand total of one person in the hospital in the entire province. Um, but you see, teenagers aren't allowed to go with their dad to a mental health expert because COVID. I'm sorry, but you can call that statistical murder. How many kids have killed themselves because their social lives have been destroyed and they can't get to... Uh, Therapist, how many cancer treatments, other operations have been postponed or canceled? How many cancers have not been diagnosed? Yeah, sorry, Bonnie Henry. You're not a princess, even though you're paid like one. You're just a politician. Um, and we can't vote you out, which is why you're damn right. We're going to criticize you in the media and social media. And before you whine about peaceful protests outside your office, why don't you check to see how many of those peaceful protesters' daughters were killed by your COVID protocols before you complain about them? Stay with us for more.
Welcome back. Well, we don't have a full-time reporter in the city of Montreal yet, but if you've been to rebelnews.com careers, you'll know that's one place we want to hire. There's simply so much news going on in La Belle Provence, both in English and French. We're looking for a bilingual reporter to cover the news, to speak and read in French, and then to report back to us in English. A lot of interesting things about Quebec. They have the most brutal lockdown in all of Canada. Now, for people in Toronto, they say that's impossible. What could be more brutal than here? Well, they actually have a curfew every night treating innocent people like guilty people, treating adults like children. Now, in this curfew, there are certain exempt people. And amongst them, if you can believe it, are journalists. Well, like I say, we don't have a full-time reporter in Montreal, but we do have a full-time staffer in Montreal. His name is Yankee Pollock, and he does our social media. But because he's out there with his cell phone, we ask him to go out and about at night to document what it's like in the curfew. He did so last night, and he got a $1,550 ticket. Yankee joins us now via Skype from Montreal, the most locked down city in North America. Yankee, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Now, I like your style. You go out on the street uh, just to document with a camera what's going on. And it, it really feels like a scene out of uh, wartime or something. Police prowling through neighborhoods with their flashers on. Um, sometimes they're sirens, sometimes not. If someone's out walking their dog, they're called over and shown to prove how far they are from their house. Like, it really is a police state approach. You've gone out quite a lot. And you have a signed letter from us confirming your media. That has worked on, I think, five occasions, but it didn't work last night, did it? Well, no. T last night I got pulled over three times, actually. In total, I've been pulled over five th times. And the third time is a charm. And the officer said, asked me if I think me being out is, is essential. And I was like, yeah, media. And media is essential. He didn't buy it and he just called his buddy over from a different car and the guy came and gave me a ticket yeah in fact uh, I, I watched the tape you had the presence of mind to film the interaction and i'm always glad you did i would encourage every viewer if you're having an interaction related to the lockdown film it because uh people often won't believe you one of the things in the tape is that they grill you a bit on who Rebel News is. Oh, they're just online. Well, so is La Presse, by the way. I don't even think they have a print edition. It's like the officers themselves thought they would sit in judgment of what media is or isn't essential. We've got a clip from you that's a few minutes long. I'd like to play it. Uh, it goes for a couple minutes, but it shows the interaction and how whimsical it is, and that really, freedom of the press, any freedom, that's long gone now. Let's play a bit, and we'll come back to you, Yankee, after we show what happened to you last night. Thank you, guys. Okay. Why are you in the street? Because I'm media. Okay. You're gonna, you want to see my media press credentials again? I'll give it to you. Here are my press credentials, my notes. Okay, and what's the... Rebel News. I've been pulled over like three times tonight. Rebel News. Yeah. What's that? It's a news agency based out of Toronto. Okay. And we're filming. You're filming what? The curfew. And you pulling people over, people out, just whatever's happening. 
It's like the third time you guys pull me tonight, so. Okay. You have a piece of ID? Yeah. Nam. Uh, Nam Dafo. And uh, what's uh, Rebel News? Rebel News is an online media organization. So it's on the YouTube and oh, yeah, so website. YouTube well, it has 1.4 million subscribers. It has a news site. Uh, it's it's an online new media. Okay. Has 30 employees, give or take. And who's the 11th Ezra? Ezra, Ezra that's the big boss. Okay. He's the the CEO. But that says you're allowed to go, let's say, from your place. I live here. I, yeah. No, it's... Well, first two things. One, I spoke to the media, a relations officer from the SPVM. Yeah. I have an email. He said I could have, or he or she, I don't remember. His email said that I could have or the paper or my media cards. That's enough. If you want, you could find that. Uh, but I've been pulled five times in total. You're the... You're the third tonight. I've been let go every time. Okay. If you want, maybe you could see in the computer my name. I don't know if that's the case. So this is essential tonight to be outside. It, yes. Yes. It's essential to record. Essential. Yes. Why? Because I'm media. I am media is essential. Okay. Okay. Wait there. Yeah, I will. Oh, he's coming. Yes, sir. I got a fine? Okay, no problem. There you go. You got thirty days to contest it. I will contest it. Thank you very much. You too. You gave a ticket for a person of the media, is that right? Good luck with your YouTube channel. Oh I I will I will fight this and I will win this. This is shameful. Thank you. Good luck with your YouTube channel, Yankee. Well, I appreciate the good wishes. And we have had some good luck, 1.45 million subscribers. But I wouldn't ascribe it all to luck. I'd ascribe a lot of it to hard work from journalists like yourself. I want to uh, praise you, Yankee, for not losing your cool, for not shouting or raising your voice, not swearing, not threatening. These are all natural human instincts that I feel arising within me. Um, the scoffing of those reporters at Freedom in the Press is no laughing matter. They had a bit of a chuckle. Good luck with your YouTube channel. Thank you. Um, I notice here, and we'll put it on the screen, that over a month ago you wrote to the media liaison officer of the Quebec, uh, sorry, of the Montreal Police, Annabelle Preto, who wrote back to you confirming that media were essential and just to simply have a letter from your employer on hand, which you did and which you showed them. Uh, so these police are either A, uninformed about the lockdown rules, which is quite li likely, or B, they just don't care and they enjoy punishing people who defy them, that they're really getting off on a power trip. I don't know which is the case, but I would agree with your final statement there. You will win this. Obviously, we will defend you and um, we'll defend anyone in Montreal who gets a similar ticket, Yankee. Yeah, it, it's, it was a long night. I was not planning on being out that long. Um, but the cops were busy. They detained people. They gave tickets to people. And I had a busy night, so I stayed out. 
And uh, I have interactions with, um, I was pulled over three times last night. The first two times I did not get a ticket. I was let go one time. The cops were very rowdy, harassing me, but in the end they let me go. They were push, not physically pushing, but like telling me to move and be out of their way and stay back six, six feet while they were walking towards me. Um, but, you know, I had a bit of that. But the third set of cops, I guess, they decided that media is not essential and they just find me, which is fine. I'll, I'll fight it. Yeah, we will. We'll and I just it. want to remind our viewers that we have the main site called Fight the Fines. Dot com, uh, which that site has uh, been quite popular over the last year. We've now made 100 videos about different clients. We've had over 500 people reach out to ask for help. But, uh, and I haven't talked about this a lot, but we have a French language version really focused on the lockdown in Quebec and the curfew. Uh, and that's at a website, and my accent's terrible, I apologize, contesterlescontraventions.com, which is a fancy way of saying you know, contest, they contest the contraventions.com, fight the fines, fight the tickets.com. And we have retained a law firm in Quebec that you will be helped by. Yankee obviously will help you, will help even people who don't work for Rebel News. Um, they will take the first 1,000 cases that present to them. And I know that those cops are issuing tickets. I think they're doing it for the money. Like they find you 1,550 bucks. And I think most people would just pay it rather than fight. And I think they do it for the power trip. They enjoy being kings of all they survey. They wouldn't have gotten away with this a year ago, but they're really loving the power. Yeah, I believe they love the power and maybe their bosses want them to give more tickets to pay back a lot of the lost revenues and taxes and serve and not sure what exactly, but they're having a lot of fun being on a power trip, that's for sure. And it can't continue. I'm planning on still going out uh, Saturday night. I'll be out. And if they want to find me, they can find me. I will continue going out. Well, media is essential. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and even, even your own experience is essential to see it. Now, you'd said one thing earlier, and I want to check to make sure you didn't misspeak. You said that when you were out last night, you saw a lot of tickets, but you also used the word detain. You said that the police detained people. That means they physically stopped them from moving on. A detain isn't quite an arrest. It's sort of temporarily stopping you from going. You can insist on being released or demanding to know if you will be arrested. It's sort of a, a murky area, but it, is a, but it has a meaning. Can you tell me what you mean when you say people were detained? Well, at least one person yesterday, and uh, he decided to run and try to avoid getting a ticket, which I think is not the, re the smart thing to do. The cops ran after him, caught him. They, I spoke with them once they released him. I think it took about an hour and a half till they released him. They gave him a 1550 fine and a notice to appear for evading the police or something like that. So they, they let him go after a while. You know, I, you know, I just, if the cops stop me, I give them my ID. Give them my yeah. my information. If you want to give me a ticket, give me a ticket. I don't try to evade them or anything. I won't just, just anyone do that. $1,550 is such a shockingly large number. Um, I'm familiar with some of the fines across Canada. Uh, in some places, it's typically $880. Uh, 
Um, in the Toronto area, I know in Calgary, it's often 1,000 or 1,200. 1,550 sounds extremely high. And for an ordinary person, that in Montreal, where rents are cheaper than in Toronto or Vancouver, $1,550 is likely more than an ordinary person pays in rent, or it's certainly what a, an entire family might pay in rent. Um, that is groceries and, f and gas money for a whole month for a family. That is a, a huge amount of money for simply being out. I don't blame, I understand what you're saying. It's not wise, it's never wise to run from police or to resist arrest. That only ends one way. And, uh, and frankly, if they didn't physically uh, beat the guy, uh, frankly, he's a little bit lucky because, um, you know, they would have chased him for sport. But a $1,550 fine, I can understand why someone would run because that's going to devastate a family. No, I, I definitely understand why people run because nobody wants to get a $1,500 fine. But I, I think it's cheaper to just pay a fine than running, getting a court date after right, that. Right, but of course, it's, we're not going to run and we're not going to uh, pay. We are going to have one of the great right. lawyers that we've retained in Montreal uh, fight for you. And we would do that for you because you're a rebel who is out there in the course of your journalism. I think it's going to be a slam dunk. I think it's going to, I don't even think they're going to prosecute. I think any prosecutor is going to look at that. And frankly, they should write you an apology letter. Um, but even if you weren't a rebel news employee, we would offer you the legal defense of that firm. Yankee, don't stop doing what you're doing. Stay, keep your sense of calm and politeness. That's a very important asset when dealing with antagonists with guns. You don't want to, you want to stay calm and polite. And I think you did the right thing there. Don't run and film everything which you did. So I'm sorry you went through that last night. But on the other hand, it's actually why you went out last night to document what's going on. So from that measure, it was a success. Yeah, it was a successful night, I, I think. Um, I filmed a lot of police interaction. The police was out and about. And so was I, as I told the cops, as long as you're out, I'll be out and document it. And they didn't like that. Yeah, well, we do like that because uh, there is no pandemic exception in the Charter of Rights. There is no uh, public health push this, in case of pandemic, push this button and you don't have to follow the law. You do. And um, in fact, as, as we showed on screen, Annabelle Preto of the SPVM police force confirmed that to you. I think she, I think it's those cops that need a course correction, not you. Yankee Pollock, thanks, great, great to see you. Thanks for your work. Uh, good luck in continuing it. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, have a great day. All right, there you have it, Yankee Pollock, representing Rebel News on the streets of Montreal. Stay with us more. Hey, welcome back on my show last night. Gilly writes, in the wake of COVID, the greatest threat to freedom is the institutionalized man. Well, I, if by that you mean someone who just becomes a corporate uh, appendage, I think you're right. I think we have to maintain the idea that we are individuals and the state's infringements on us are the aberration, not the default. Uh, I've been rereading 1984 and it doesn't even feel like fiction anymore. 
Uh, it's not even shocking anymore. It's just almost all of it has come true. But much worse than Orwell could have foreseen. Orwell passed away in 1950. Computers weren't even really known back then. If he would know the way in which we are tracked and monitored and scolded by social media and tech companies today, he would have to rewrite that book times 10. Paul writes, COVID passports, one more step towards the Chinese-style social score. Cooperate and you survive. Fail to cooperate and you will be punished. Oh, absolutely. We're already there. We're already there. Jer writes, the passports are necessary to keep the hoax going. It's obvious that this isn't about a virus anymore. It's about complete government control over your life. How long will it take before people forget what it was like to be free? Will children grow up never knowing? Well, that's the thing. And... I mean, I, I was trying to think, what was the last time I went to a restaurant? And I know you look at me and you say, oh, that's a big part of your life. Well, no, I mean, going out to a restaurant is part of fun. It's part of fun for your family. Okay, let's take a break from cooking. Let's go out to a restaurant. It's part of being in the neighborhood. And, and it's just part of life. It's part of community. You see other people at other tables. Maybe you see someone you know. Uh, you interact with the restaurant. It's some fun. There's a, fe a festive feeling to it. It's deeply rooted in our Western society. Inns and taverns and pubs, these things go back centuries, they go back millennia. And you're saying we can't do that? I cannot remember in my mind the last time I went to a restaurant. I mean, I know I can think of times historically, but I can't, like I'm forgetting it's been so long. And children are forgetting what it's like to play with other children in normal ways. We are in the worst of times, my friend. This is the worst time in my lifetime. I acknowledge that during the Cold War, there was the threat of mutually assured destruction from nuclear weapons. I acknowledge that. But even then, we were free. This is the worst authoritarianism of my life. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow. Well, I guess tomorrow's a weekend, so watch our weekend videos on YouTube. But until Monday, keep fighting for freedom.